learning happens when all things come together in what can only be described as perfect chaos. And welcome to the Perfect Chaos Podcast. It's Rhonda and David, and together we make up the Perfect Chaos team. Perfect Chaos not only represents how we started this, but also who we are. I'm an assistant professor of education at a local university, and David is a program director and professor at a nearby community college. Our backgrounds are diverse and range from sociology, criminal justice, fire, emergency medical services, emergency management, and together education. And this all comes together into our perfect chaos. Today, we're going to talk about something that I hold dear to my heart because it combines two things that I love, technology and planning. We've talked some before about integrating technology into your classroom, but today we're going to talk about making a plan for that. The content for today comes pretty directly from chapter three of my book. So if you're intrigued by what we talk about, you can find more about it in the book. And we'll go over that with uh, at the very end so they know exactly how to get a hold of that. So we'll be right back with this discussion after these messages from our sponsor. We are Rhonda and David, and this is our Perfect Chaos. All right, so we're going to go into, first off, tell them about the book. Tell them about the book. Yeah, just we'll so, so about the book. well, we've we've talked about it, but let's actually start a little bit differently. So it's been a little bit since we've been here. Yes, but we're back. We're back, and things have changed a little bit. Yes, not so much with where we are. We're we're in the same spots as we yes. were the last time. Yes. but since then, Tennessee has gone on to win. The a Orange Bowl, this, a lot of football games this year. And, Including uh, beating Alabama. And <laughs> for all of our fans from Alabama, if you're from Alabama, we're sorry, but uh, that did happen. We've that gotten did a, happen. We've got uh, kids are still moving uh, through their educational process. We're, we're going through our educational processes still. I decided, we have a new family member. And we have a new family member. That's <laughs> where I was going next. So. Was it? Were you going to include her? Yes. <laughs> Give me no credit right there. So a lot of things have changed. Now we've caught up on us. So let's get right back into what they want to hear about. So first, for those that are just coming to us, because uh, it has been a little while, so we, we may have some new people, uh, tell about your book first, and, and we'll get into how that uh, relates to the topic of the day. Okay. Um, so the name of the book is Educational Technology, Big Ideas and Practical Applications for the Classroom. Uh, and it is an educational technology textbook. Um, I wrote it because I couldn't find one that I liked. I saw a lot of things that were about theories and I saw a lot of things that were about how to work a computer, um, but I just wasn't finding anything that I felt like really gave me what I wanted when I was working with pre-service teachers and job embedded teachers. So. I just decided to write one, um, and it's available through Kindle Hunt. Um, initially, it started off just as an ebook, but now it's also available in print. And that's another change since that's another change. Yeah, we... that's happened in the past month, I guess, month and a half, something like that. Um, so you can get it either way, an ebook as an ebook or in print. If you get it as an ebook, I think you get it for like 180 days, um, and you can print it yourself, or you can just purchase it in print, whichever way you want. All right. So one of the reasons you wrote the textbook was you're teaching a lot of educational technology. 
and uh, there there wasn't really anything there. So, uh, you know, teaching educational technology is one thing, but uh, using and teaching through education is something completely different. So this today we're talking about is using that technology in the classroom. And we've, we've talked about this briefly in the past uh, about having a plan. So what is a classroom technology plan? So the concept of it kind of came, um, I was sitting and talking with some of our job embedded students and I was talking on another day to some of our undergrads that are teacher candidates and I realized we talked to them a ton about lesson planning. We talked to them about curriculum mapping. We talked to them about pacing guides. We talked to them about how important it is to at least, if, if your school doesn't provide you with some kind of pacing guide or curriculum map at the beginning to kind of decide what are you going to teach when, you know, not down to the nitty gritty of the lessons, but at least what order are we going to teach things in, right? And as I was talking to them and they were asking me questions about how to integrate educational technology, I realized that we, a lot of us don't really plan for that. Like it just happens, right? We integrate the technology as we get up to it because we need to for an observation or we've seen something, you know, that we think would work really well in our, in our classroom or help our students. And so that's kind of where the idea from this came from. And my thought behind it was to really develop a template for a classroom technology plan where people could start off by planning out early before the year starts and then they would um, have at least something to kind of help them remember what their goals were as they went through, right? Because we all know when we get busy, it's just do what you got to do to get through the day um, or through the week or through the semester, whatever it is. But, you through know, lunchtime. Through lunchtime. <laughs> yeah. To lunchtime, that would be, yeah. you know. Um, but I think sometimes we forget, you know, people talk a lot about remembering your why. But sometimes we forget what those goals were that we had kind of set at the beginning of the year. So that's that's the heart of this is is to set the goals and also to give us kind of some direction because it can be super overwhelming when you start thinking about integrating technology. Whether you're a, a new teacher or a veteran teacher, young or old, there's just a lot that can go into it. And you can go way down rabbit holes. So that's this is to kind of keep that from happening. So we know when when we're talking about technology, there's a lot of things to that. It could be a computer. It could be a drone. It could be a Google Cardboard or HoloLens with that uh, virtual reality or mixed-use reality, augmented reality type things. Especially when we're talking about the P12 environment. When you get into some of those, those can become distractions if not right. used properly. And so that's what you're trying to address here, right? Right. Absolutely. So let's get into the purpose of that plan. You kind of talked around that. Let's get into the purpose of that plan in specific here. So so the purpose, um, one of the things that I found when I was teaching in, in public schools is that somewhere around October, we would do an in-service day with a professional development and somebody would show some really neat piece of technology and I was like, oh, I want to use that. And I would... You know, all of a sudden start trying to figure out how I was going to implement it. 
And then sometime in like February, the same thing would happen. And all of a sudden, I'm dropping the first piece to do the second piece. And then as I was researching through the year and trying to do my lesson plans and that kind of thing, it just, it was just, it was like I was a squirrel at a rave, just to be totally honest. It was, there was 400 things out there. And then I would get overwhelmed. It's kind of like when you look at me and say, what's for dinner? And I go, I don't know, let's look on Pinterest. And then we end up eating McDonald's because I get so overwhelmed because there's all the things. So this is to keep that from happening. It's also, and as you know, when we get into talking about some of the components of the plan, it's also to help us look ahead and try to figure out, okay, what what problems could occur? What things do I need to make sure I think about? You know, to make sure that we're not sitting there going, oh, we're going to use this technology and then, you know, we don't have the bandwidth for it or it's blocked on the school systems. Because, you know, sometimes things are blocked that we have no uh, knowledge of them being blocked and potentially no understanding of why they were blocked. For me, I tried to go to the local sheriff's department website teaching criminal justice and it was blocked, right? So this is to kind of help. That was lots of fun. We were trying to figure out why the sheriff's department website was blocked. Um, and I had to fight to get it unblocked, even though I was teaching criminal justice, which kind of would make sense. Well, and that's, uh, you know, on the military side, you know, it's looking at a complete cyberspace architecture, you know, out there, that's that happens a lot. Um, you know, you get some that look like they're bad websites, and so they get somebody puts them in there as blocked, or they don't want them to get to the content because, you know, maybe talking about bad things. And when you talk about the sheriff's department, you know, they're talking about arresting people and stuff like that. And so, um, so you mentioned several good things in the purpose of that plan. I think they're absolutely, uh, excellent to consider. And it goes into the components of the technology plan itself. So I've got several questions, but I wanted to get into those components first. So what are the driving components of the technology plan? Okay. So it has uh, multiple components. Some can be combined. Um, but I listed them out separately because I felt like that was a better way to... That way you can combine if necessary, but you don't have to. Um, the first component is your current use of ed tech in your classroom, uh, which is kind of that reflection piece, right? We can't set goals if we don't know where we really are. Um, the next one is the mission and vision for integration of ed tech. Uh, the next one's the integration model. So which model or models... Um, depending on who's doing it. The next one's the communication plan. Um, we've got that going out there, and that's <laughs> can solve a ton of your problems. Um, how you want to integrate instructional technology, how you want to differentiate instruction through technology, what technology you're going to use to support assessment, and then your next steps. And then the next steps kind of has little sub-pieces. Um, of what new resources do you need, what kind of training do you need, what kind of training would your students need, what's the maintenance, how, what does it cost, how are you going to get it, and how are you going to assess whether it was useful. Well, so that's the components. And, and when I've had the benefit of, or benefit, I've had the pleasure of coming up and talking about technology, and some of these things are, are ones that I've specifically brought out and uh, I always use the example of smart boards when when smart boards were first come out uh, and all of the schools said you know we needed to go to the smart boards right and they bought the smart boards at you know X cost whatever it was I can't remember what, what it was but then after the first year 
they become really much like glorified whiteboards because they wouldn't ever buy the right they didn't uh, have software. The, they, they didn't buy the, the software upgrades. They didn't buy the updates and stuff like that. And so when you started writing, you know, on the center of the board, the the process would, would you know, you, you'd write an A in the center of the board, and you had to write it in the center because it would show up on the very lo- far left side of the board. And, you know, so the calibration would be off and all that. So, right. you know, a lot of people have to think about this beyond just adding that piece in there. As you, as you mentioned, there's, there's several things to that plan. And we're going to get into uh, a few of these uh, today. But if you don't think about that, then you may get through an iteration of a class. But by the time you come back to it, it's not operational because you don't have some of those or like you said you you didn't integrate with it and now you can't so now you have a five thousand dollar piece of equipment that's a very nice looking paperweight but then when you go to buy another piece of technology they're they're gonna be like well we gave you five thousand dollars for this last thing and you're not using and you're not using it right and so so with those smart boards you know you could go for a while without updating and it just threw off the calibration well after so long it's kind of like you can't write on them anymore it's kind of like ipads and stuff so like that it really truly is the same as having a really expensive projector screen up there. right it's you know very similar to uh you know tech that we use on a daily basis ipads and uh cell phones and stuff like that you can keep it for a while uh, but after a while they start to no longer support it and so you can't get new apps for it. you can't get updates and now it becomes a security issue and you know if you're in the school and it's become security issues and they start to shut off the access to it right. you know so uh because you know it's a it's a vulnerability so let, let's talk about uh some of these um we're going to get more specifically into a mission and vision form in just a minute but let's talk about the integration uh model and what it truly means to think about and integrate technology into the classroom. Okay, so... Um, Actually, let me change that a little bit. <laughs> Using technology o- overall, because I, th- I think a lot of the technology goes beyond the classroom. So right. just integrating it into education in general, right. and then you can go into the classroom. Well, and, and the thing about it is, when you're talking even about integrating it in the classroom, you've got the things the students touch and the things that they don't, right? Um, we've talked, I know, before about the things that will help you be more efficient and more effective and that the students may never see, you know, and, and those also go within this plan and within when we're thinking about what we're going to integrate and how we're going to integrate. Um, you know, I talk in the book, I just used um, a few, there's tons of different integration models out there. Um, I use the ones that you typically tend to hear about, at least around here. Um, SAMR or SAMR. Um, in fact, I just, like, what is today? I don't even know what today is, but last week, uh, in my two days of class, one day we talked about SAMR and what that integration model looks like. Um, then the next day in class, we talked about TPAC and what that integration model looks like and how those two go together. This next week, we're talking about TIM, the, the integration model that came from Florida, as much as that hurts to say. Um, But, you know, one of the things that I tell students is not every integration model works for everything. And it's fine to use different ones, but you need to figure out which one makes sense to you, and that's where you start, right? 
So one of the common ones that people start with is SAMR. Um, and while those things, that substitution, uh, that's the S, A is augmentation, M is modification, and R is redefinition. And while those things don't necessarily, you don't have to do substitution before you get to augmentation, but <coughs> sometimes it's easy to think about it in that way. And especially if this is the first time you really tried to integrate technology, you may want to start with something at a substitution level. Um, substitution and augmentation are both considered the enhancement portion. And then uh, modification and redefinition are what are considered transformational. You know, so what are those easy things to sub out that might make your life easier or make your students' lives easier? Uh, those are big deal kind of things. Something like a live scribe pen. How is that? That's an easy substitution, right? Uh, the rocket notebooks, the and I think now even Five Star has some, has some of the notebooks because I think we got some for Braden, where you can write your notes in the notebook and then Take scan it with your phone and it goes and into it a goes repository. Into a, into a repository, so you know things like that. Obviously, the repository goes a little beyond substitution, but a live scribe pen that you can write and it's going to put it into your oh. into your computer or read it across through there that kind of thing and we're talking about some some of that could be as easily you know substitution is instead of pen and paper mathematics you could you know a calculator into there and then you could right. go the the graphing calculators and stuff like that now well and um, i always tell students you know when we talk about substitution instead of writing notes we're going to type them we're not doing anything else not adding the the fonts and the bullet points and colors and no we're just simply typing um, that substitution and that may be the easy place to start you know if this isn't something you've done so when I talk about when I say an integration model the reason you want to have that in there is so that you kind of know okay what is my like how am I doing this what purpose is it serving right so if you're using SAMR then it's really easy to look and say okay this is a substitute right what that also means is if it doesn't work and all you've done is a substitute, it's really easy to go right back, right? It's not a high-level tech integration, but not everything has to be a high-level tech integration. Right. Sometimes it's just a substitute. Sometimes it's having an electric pencil sharpener instead of having to walk over there and, like, do the one with, with your hand. So I have to say that, you know, while electric, electric pencil really, shopping... That's are there, transformational. <laughs> I need to go modification on that one. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, I like, I like the old one, you know, but, you know, that's just me. You I'm know a, a lot of schools don't have the old ones anymore? Uh, most don't anymore. You know why? Because they're a hazard. Because you could put your finger in them. putting their fingers in them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Our generation. We're responsible boys, for a lot. I don't want to hear that. No, no girls so, are putting their manicures in a pencil sharpener. So, you know, <laughs> so, you know, I, we, we kind of talk about this when I when I come up uh, and, and talk within your classroom. You know, some of the things that I have access to is 360-degree camera and the drone. And uh, go back to, you know, we go back to when um, the principal at, at Braden School at that point in time uh, had redefined the pick-up and drop-off 
right. plan for the students. You know, she did a, a YouTube video that was sent out to the school uh, to to the students, and but she had drawn on the uh, you know she just basically drawn on the map and said you know how cool would it be instead of that, which most people don't really pay attention to, and you know she tried to guide people through, and they're like. I don't really understand. It's like take, right. taking a drone and actually flying it through the right. the point and, and having a talk over to that or the 360 camera, uh, you know, welcome, welcoming in students to your school. You right. know, even though you do an orientation day, they come over and see or whatnot, you know, they may not do, you right. know, have it set up. And you can, that would, that would kind of be an augmentation, you know, but as you mentioned, really, you're, all, you're almost really re- all the way to redefinition, right? I mean, because you're totally changing what you've done. It wouldn't be available without tech. And you know that would be the high end side. But right. but there are there are ways that we can do that even without that. And so well, I even think on what, that high end side, you've got two different. You've got a 360 degree camera that you can get for three hundred dollars, right? Or a drone, <laughs> which you can get for. Some of them pretty cheap. Right. But to do what you're wanting to do and be able to video and, and really get the quality that you're Right. I mean, we, we, had, we, had, we had brought Braden, uh, we had bought Braden a drone from uh, Walmart for 89 bucks. Right. And and believe it or not, you know, while the camera wasn't 4K, the footage was actually right. fairly good. You know, I actually had a uh, Facebook memory pop up where I had flown it, where we had flown it out in the snow one day. Right. around it was, it was good right um but the problem with that is you had to have a perfect day for it because uh it didn't have the correcting stabilizing flight right and stuff like that where well, the higher end two thousand dollars I mean, we need to think do. about it too that as we're talking about this if we're talking about this video to show people the new route around the school you can do that with your phone you can you don't like that's the big deal that i try i try to talk about in class all the time not everything just to integrate technology doesn't mean you've got to go spend money it, it doesn't you can, you can and use what you have um and that's actually where i was going to go with a calculator a minute ago you know that substitution out of the calculator instead of doing that but and, and we're having we're doing that in our programs as well um because we have med math that we have to do calculations and medications or drip rates for ivs um and we need that, you know, in the past, our certification examination required it all to be done by hand. By hand. Now they're re- allowing calculators. And so our students are like, why are you still teaching pen and paper math? And, you know, so we, we for the longest time, we required the pen and, uh, pen and paper math. We allow the calculators now, but we do a heavy amount of pen and paper because, you know, yes, we have telephones, Right. Right. And they all have calculators on them. But if you look at our son's phone, 95% of the time it's dead. Right. What happens when it dies? It doesn't work appropriately. Or whether you have blood on your hands. I don't want to necessarily be using that. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm good to take a 30-cent pen and, and a gauze wrapper and <laughs> write it out real well, quick. Well, I mean, and how many times when we're talking EMS, how many times are, are you going to be, for instance upside down in a vehicle trying to help somebody and you know you can't get to it i mean you've told some stories right so so it is so this would be where we talk about scalability it's like now if you have an opportunity to go out and buy a twenty five hundred dollar drone yeah grab it and and use it but now let's talk about that so buy it right have a plan have a plan 
<laughs> and you know. I, I got lucky that um, mine came through other avenues. A person that was using it was no longer using it. it. It had been purchased through other funds, and it was sitting there. And this person goes, hey, I saw these different videos where this stuff is being used in your field for urban search and rescue. Right. Um, wildland firefighting, you know, some other stuff. Can you utilize that? Absolutely. Now, because of that, and most of the other health science professions, you know, nursing is dealing with patients once they're brought to them, they're not looking in the fields. Right. So it's not one I can really share through the other uh, divisions. So it gets utilized for other things. Like right. I, I did a flight over for new property that's going by. You know? Right. So Not our new property. <laughs> So it, it would be... That is not a change since the last time you did. Yeah. So, you know, this would be finding where it could be used and, and how it could be used otherwise uh, as well. But, you know, if you're teaching teachers, those those right. of uh, us that are out there, uh, we have um, opportunities. It's like, okay, I have this... I, you know, I had a grant available. I was able to buy this. Now let's talk about how right. we could sub if we couldn't get this. And like you said... Right. That flight, I could I could then do a, a video with my phone or right. You know, something I mean, like there, that. there's a ton of ways to do this stuff. Um, I just always want people to remember that it doesn't take like when we talk about integrating tech. Nobody's asking you to change everything you're doing. Um, in fact, I'm going to tell you not to change everything you're doing. That's a horrible way to integrate technology. If you change everything you're doing, then you don't know what's actually working, right? So it's still a piece at a time. It's no different than the way we've always taught. We're just going to use a, another tool, a different medium right? than what we've used in the past. And you, you mentioned it, so I'm going to bring it up. You know, a lot of times we say, well, our generation, we didn't have to have that kind of stuff to, to learn. Right. We're changing now. Right. You know, and... and we have an opportunity to. There's our new family member. There's a new family member. I think you know, you know the very first ones you heard dogs barking, and now we we have Come them here, back. Summit. So, um, you know, we we have a changing population, and we're not softening or weakening. We're actually enhancing. You know, they have more access to data that now than they they ever have in the past. So, right. It's you know utilizing that and finding finding better ways. So, want to get into the next part because okay. when we. When we think mission, mission and vision plan uh, and statements, most of the time people think about organizational. Uh, right. You know, a lot of times, you know, we think about it that like our school, our P12 school or a higher ed institution, they have a mission and vision statement. Right. Why does my program have to have a mission vision statement? Why does my grade have to have a mission vision statement? Why does my classroom have? So why do I need a mission vision statement for classroom technology? So... A lot of school districts will have a mission and vision, and they'll have a district-level technology plan. But that district-level technology plan and that district-level mission and vision tend to not be something that can be pared down into the classroom, right? And if I really want to sit here and talk about, I'm going to plan out tech for my classroom, I'm going to think about the things that I want to integrate, I'm going to think about you know some of the places that I feel like I can really enhance what what I'm teaching my students, what they're learning. Um, then I really need to know the purpose. And that's all the mission and vision is. It's a purpose. Um, and I teach this in my classes. And uh, even my undergrads, they, they write a mission and vision for their future classroom. 
right? And so they're always asking me, well, what's the difference? What, what, how is a mission and vision anything different? Okay, well, they do overlap a lot. But the vision, and this is kind of how I explain it to them, the vision is in a perfect world where I could get everything I wanted, what would my classroom look like? What do I want the integration of technology to look like in my classroom? Right? Almost like a dream board kind of deal. The mission is why do I want it to look like that? So yeah, they're super closely closely connected. But if you don't have those, it's kind of like going on vacation without a destination in mind. You could end up some really cool places, but you may not. Right. And you may end up in places that you really don't want to be. Um, you know, the thought of walking in and not having a plan, to me, kind of gives me hives and make me, makes me sick to my stomach. Um, I don't do well not having a plan. <laughs> Even when I try to do well and not have a plan, it tends to, I end up planning it. <laughs> I plan things out, right? Um, but I also try really hard not to plan just randomly. So as a for instance, um, we went to Disney this past Christmas. We went to Disney World. Our kids are older, you know, and one of the things that I had said was, I'm not going to plan this out. Now, <laughs> for our listeners, just a little bit of background. The first time we went to Disney when our daughter was three, I think I handed everybody a folder with where didn't, we were didn't, going. Didn't hand the folder, but we had a very had tight timeline. Right, this, this is how I do vacations. <laughs> David doesn't think we're really vacations because <laughs> I plan everything, right? Down to the, we're gonna leave this park at this time and go to this one. So I really said, I'm not gonna do that this year. And for the most part, I stuck kind of to that. Um, we had to plan some things. We had to plan what days, what parks we were starting at. Right. Days. And those were, you know, those were the park requirements. Right. And, you know, but it, but it helped us um, kind of have a plan of start and stop. Right. But then what also, and we had a really good time. Yeah. I think all four of us would say that we had a really good time. But... I think all four of us would say, you know, we would get to, it's time to eat. It's very overwhelming. Cause and it they was had, overwhelming. Right. And we, we either couldn't find a place to eat, or we couldn't agree on a place to eat, or we'd agree on a place to eat, but you couldn't get in because that was a reservation place to eat. Um, so, yeah, we had a good time. Do I think our time could have been enhanced if I had made some dinner reservations? Yeah, probably so. But it did end up where we went and tasted the world of Coca-Cola. We did go taste the world of Coca-Cola. All right, so if you go down not to... Not really the world of Coca-Cola, because that's in Atlanta, not in Orlando. We went to the store. So they had, they had a two... Springs. What's it called? It's downtown, Disney Springs. Is, no. Yeah. Downtown Disney? That's what it used to be. And now, oh, it's, now Disney. it's Disney Springs. Yes. Okay. And uh, they have a Coca- three-level Coca-Cola with a beverage bar at the top, and you could tour the world of Coca-Cola, and three trays of... Two trays of, of two trays of cokes and, and a tray of floats. They were weird. <laughs> so, 
Some of them are very, very good. <laughs> but but so so with this, you know, you know, once you get to your mission vision, and it's really kind of. And really, the next question that I've got, we'll, we'll kind of get to it. Um, but that mission and vision, there's a lot of prep work before you get there. Yeah. So, and it's the very first piece of the plan. What am I currently doing? What's my current use of technology? Right. Um, I've always found it interesting, even before I started uh, teaching seminars about setting goals and, and teaching classes and that kind of thing. I've always thought it was really interesting. You know, everybody sets these New Year's resolutions, but most of the time when people set a New Year's resolution, which is nothing more than a goal, they haven't really thought about where they are currently to figure out where they're going. Right. Right? Um, so in order for us to plan how we're going to integrate technology, we kind of need to look at what we're already doing. Uh, and and that's a big piece. And you've got to know that before you go do your mission and vision. Because if currently all you're doing is slinging a PowerPoint up there while you teach, then your mission and vision cannot be directing that you're, it's going to be a self-sustaining, you know, engaging with technology by all students all the time, every day. Like, you can't make that jump. Um also, though, you got to think about what's what's already really working, technology or not. Right. Right. This is not about let's replace everything we're doing. It's right. about enhancing what we're already doing. So if you've got something that works amazingly well, keep doing it. You don't have to change it. I. I'm gonna bring unless up unless you can truly lift it and give it more by I, doing some technology in there. And, and I will say this, you know, for, for me to engage in the classroom, it, like it takes something engaging. And I'm a technology guy, so I find this uh, very interesting. I've been in some classrooms uh, or lectures or, you know, conferences in which it has a ton of technology embedded. And it is the worst right. presentation ever. And then I just just last week we had a lecture that – uh, this this individual came down to talk about pediatric burns, and all she had was a PowerPoint. It was the most engaging lecture ever. It was the delivery style. Right. So it could, you know, but I've also had those with just the PowerPoint that are the worst, and, and technology is the best. Right. So it's all about that integration and, and how to do that. And, and that's where the plan helps. It's Because it you can always go back to what is the purpose. What am I trying to do with this, right? Sometimes we get so tied up. Like, we're trying to put the tech in, we're trying to differentiate the lesson, we're trying to hit all the different learning styles, we're trying to manage the classroom, and all of a sudden, we can't even remember what it was we were trying to do in the first place, right? So, that's what a lesson plan is for, is for us to be able to check back and be like, oh yeah, that's it, right? That's why we write the agenda on the board of what we're teaching, like what we're doing today, that's why we have it. So we have learning objectives so that our students know what's expected of them. Okay, well, the technology plan does the same thing. It allows us to go back when you're sitting there and you're trying to write those lesson plans and trying to do all the things to say, wait a minute, what what was my goal in this? And is this accomplishing my goal? I, right? Because if your goal 
let's say, I mean, we'll pull it out of technology, but let's say your goal was to be healthier, right? Which, by the way, is a horrendous goal because that's not even measurable. What, is, what does that mean, right? You got to be a little more specific. But if your goal is to be healthier, okay, well, you go work out every day and then you leave the gym and go grab fast food and you eat three burgers and two fries and two shakes and four sweet teas. Not the best. Not the best. You'd be healthier to not go to the gym and not go grab fast food right. and like well, you get know, yourself a dinner. The, you know? the analogy that's stuck in my head right now is, you know, you catch the the kickoff on the goal line and your 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 goal is to score a touchdown. Right. But you don't know how to run the ball. You don't know how to use blockers. You don't know how to use right. the field to your advantage. And so that's why they practice beforehand. They see that field. They go back and study. And so I, I think that's that mission vision. So here's the thing. Why should I take the time to do this? Because it's going to save you time in the long run. You know, one of the nice things, and trust me, I have heard all the arguments and I'm not, I am not here to say that lesson plans need to be eight pages long. But I hear all arguments all the time. Oh, I don't do lesson plans. Yeah, you do. You do. You may do them on post-it notes and that's fine. But you do. We plan things. If we don't plan things, we flounder. That's just the way it is. And yeah, it may take you a little bit of time on the front end. But by taking the time on the front end, think about all the time you save, right? Because what happens? Okay, we're going along. Oh, I'm going to throw this piece of technology in. So you throw this piece of technology in. Then you realize as you're teaching, oh, crap, my students have never used this technology. So now I've got to stop teaching to teach them the technology so that, that I can proceed with my lesson because I didn't think about it beforehand, Right. I don't know a teacher alive that's walking around saying, oh, I just have an abundance of free time. And I don't care what grade you teach, what age level, what student level. I don't care. If you are a teacher, I don't think you have an abundance of time. If you do, respond to this because you will be the next guest on the podcast. Because we like to figure that out. Yeah, and I think everybody else wants to hear how you have an abundance of time. Well... And I think not only do we save an abundance of time, and I, and I like your, your analogy on the lessons plan because, as you said, you know some people like to have it written down, electronic, what, whatever works. But I think having that lesson plan or having that, you know, even if you don't have a lesson plan out there, can we get through whatever um, objective we have? Yes. Is a student going to know it? A, a student might. A student might not. And by doing this and investing in this, we may find a way that not only is that student that can just listen to you and get it, able to get that objective, but the student that has to have something to tie that to them is able to get that. You know, I wish I would have kept it. I meant to, but, you know, everybody thinks about uh, the the three base ways of learning. You see it, you hear it, you do it. But uh, this one had basically about 9 to 12. It's like some people have to see and do at the same time. Some right. people have to see it done and do. Some people have to see and hear. Some people, you know, So there's a lot more to that. And even if that person is good with just hearing it and able to do it, it's usually 
amplified and we go up Bloom's taxonomy on their level of synthesis and analysis as far with with additional materials to supplement that for them so you know we can we can build that in one year to do one thing and then the next year you know you build on on that and then next year you build on it now well and the thing about it is you know it could be something simple that will take you a little time on the front end but will save you time on the back end. So, for instance, right, um, in P12, we're, we talk all the time about differentiation. We talk about, you know, we have IEPs. We need to make, make differences in our assessments, right? But we also have to do that while not letting anybody know that there's differences in our assessments. Okay, so it might take you a little bit of extra time to put your quiz into your LMS that you're going to give, but you know what? You put it in once and it's there, then you can modify it. You can assign it to, you can have three different levels of the same quiz that you assign to the different levels in your classroom. You haven't had to go back and retype and redo and, and then it's there. It's there. It, Next time you do it, it's already there. It's built. You know, you just clone it over. So And you may make one change. That... Right. Maybe maybe in part of your classroom technology plan is that you're going to have all of your assessments done online. That's fine. That would be huge. But think of the time it's going to save you as a teacher. Yeah, you're going to have to build out that the assignments are going to be submitted online. And you're going to have to teach your students how to submit online. But then, no more carrying the teacher bag with files and files and files home and back because you didn't do anything with them the night before. No more, you know, when you're sitting, as a for instance, when I'm sitting outside of the football weight room waiting on our son to be done, all my stuff is submitted online. So instead of just sitting there twiddling my thumbs, I get on my phone and I grade. Well, and not only that, now you can get in. I, I mean, oh you, yeah, you, and it stops the argument of the teacher lost my work because it's, it's date there. and time stamped. Well, and and not only that, you know, we're we're getting into a completely different topic here. That's but, a free tip of the week, by the way. Now, you know, with that, now you can instead of having it on paper um, and creating paper analysis of, of questions and stuff like that to look at validity and reliability. Now you're talking about. Um, electronics that allow for the assessment of those questions so now how many students miss this question and right you know and so you could hey you know because there are times where you know like our our certification examination is getting away from in, intentionally getting away from using certain things it's like all you know all except none, none you know those, uh, those kind of things uh, because they know that uh some of those are misleading students that they, they don't necessarily give you the right information. So, um, you know, that, that just gives you that. So, 
it's a it's a great opportunity. Uh, you can definitely obviously this is a pitch to buy the book too. You can go buy it's the book, but uh, we did not write. We did not write it. To, you know, to buy the book. but if if you do want to get into that, that is something that you can you can access. It's available through Kindle Hunt, uh, and again, the the it's educational technology, big ideas, and practical applications for the classroom. There's much more to that. That's just one chapter that we covered uh, today. So we're going to get into the feel good or tip of the week for Rhonda. All right, so my tip of the week, do the dress-up days. That's it. That's the whole tip. Um, you know, thinking back to when you start school and you're going into the homecoming weeks, we have around here, you know, the elementary schools have the dare weeks. We have Dr. Seuss week. We have the the 100th day dress-up day. We have, you name it, we got all sorts of dress-up days we can do, right? Do the dress-up days. Um, do the get-to-know-you stuff. Do the things that build camaraderie. Your kids love it, even if it's the older kids. They really do like the dress-up days. Um, but it's fun. It's a way to build relationships with the kids. It's a way to build relationships with your, your colleagues. Just dress up. Um, sometimes, the fact that the teachers will dress up too is what gives the kid the feeling that they can participate as well. So, just do the dress-up days. It's fun. And... I think with that, you know, it's, it's a great thing. You know, a lot of kids, especially now, is like, you have me trapped for eight hours. Like, right. find a way out of that. Find a way to make teaching fun. You know, there's so much on the news and out there about schools not performing in our state. We we have a constant conversation about third grade literacy. And, and you know, there, there are several different things that are out there. So find ways to have kids enjoy learning you know they right. they a lot of times they, they some don't always have that um presence of the, the home to do to that super excited about was when we did mock trial which was the culminating project for the law class that i taught and we would do a mock trial and i would come in in my doctoral robes looking like a judge and they they would dress up like lawyers and and witnesses and and defendants and you know we it was fun they had a good time doing it and you know and the fact that they had a good time doing it meant for me my kids also were then doing some research into the role they were supposed to play and that that, that was a big deal. absolutely i i took and it was not research i assigned they just did it i took a i took a business law class in in high school and uh Granted, you know, criminal law is the more fun, more sexy side of law. Everybody likes to, you know, hearing about caveat uh, vendetor and uh, caveat emptor, you know, buyer beware and seller beware kind of is not all the fun stuff. So the teacher found a way to take uh, criminal law basically and embed business law into it. We studied the business law side, but there was, and, but the thing is the, the outcomes to that were so like, like you said, the research. I was the def- uh, the uh, prosecutor. I was the uh, the uh, defense counsel, uh, lead defense counsel, and like I, there was a definition, and it's what I got to get my client off uh, of the murder charges they were on. Is the definition that the law enforcement officer put is late model Ford Mustang, and my client had a 1956 Ford Mustang. Yep. 
or 66, whatever it was. And so late model is new. And, right. and so, you know, but I, I had to call, like, you I couldn't get a definition. Right. I called a car dealership. And so it was like that communication, the networking. And it's like, right. hey, I've got a strange question. Please don't. This is what it's for. I'm not buying a car. And, you know, and, and so there was so much engagement. So it was it was, it was great. Uh, I am going to toss a pitch out there for mine. Uh, you know, this is coming out for anybody in Tennessee or the area. Ron and I will actually be co-presenting. Uh, oh, this yeah. summer, like, this, <laughs> this, this summer at the Tennessee EMS Education Conference, put about putting education in EMS. It's going to be a, a good topic that we're going to have an hour long of uh, some of these discussions, really about you know uh, the the basis of education and really tying it to that. We're going to be talking to a group of about three hundred. Uh, EMS educators from across our state and around the area. So if you're in the area you want to come by and check us out there, we'll be there. So as we conclude today, we'd like to say that we always look forward to recording these episodes, even though we've been out for just a little while. But yes. engaging with but each of back. you, we are back and, uh, and starting to engage with Hi, each of Sylvia. you. Absolutely, <laughs> Sylvia. Love uh, your comments. We're trying to get that in. Uh, this uh, uh, recording uh, sh- should have it at the very end. She Sylvia like, came by my office the other day and asked me we were going to have another podcast up. So. so don't forget, Sylvia is not only sending us uh, our audio feedback that you can do on the Anchor platform, but she's come by to see. So if, uh, if you need to, uh, make sure to give feedback. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view on your po- favorite podcast platform. And you can also find all about us on our Perfect Chaos website at www.perfect-chaos.org. And don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at aperfectchaos7, Instagram at aperfectchaos7. Sorry, at perfectchaos7. Perfect See, I've been out of this for so long. At perfectchaos7. Instagram is at perfectchaos7. And Facebook is at aperfectchaos7. Uh, and then Rhonda is running the TikTok at at perfect underscore chaos underscore podcast and you can find us personally on twitter at mine is at drr blevins and i am at dsblev at it at dsblev if you're following us on the anchor.fm platform you can hit the message button like sylvia did and send us a voice message and we'd love to include those in a future podcast episode lastly we've opened the listener tab uh, listener support tab on Anchor. If you feel led, you can support our podcast with a small donation that will be used to expand our podcast capabilities. There may be a lot of things in the works. Uh, we'll uh, keep you intrigued there at the end, but uh, we'd love to see your support. Until I next, feel like hold on before you oh. say this. I, we said we added a family member at the beginning. I do feel like we need to clarify that. I do not. We have not had enough child. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm sitting here looking at our family member. She was laying in the floor. Um, we have, I, I have, and David is learning to love um, the sweetest Great Pyrenees puppy on the face of the earth. Her name is Summit, and we love having her in the house. And she's going to become a therapy dog uh, to go to school with me um, and work with. UT vet school with habit and go visit nursing homes and hospitals. So I just wanted to get that out there. I didn't, we did not have another child. That's not been our delay. That, that was not the delay. Um, in fact, if that had been the delay, there would be a much longer delay because David would have to find a new wife. <laughs> so, so with all of that, that goes perfectly into our tag final line until next week, remain calm in your perfect chaos.